Hey, Funny Book fans, if you're wondering where in the world your Funny Books is, we are on hiatus. Paul, why might that be? Well, we, uh, we, you know, it's it's hard enough to get all of us on the mics for a Funny Books episode sometimes, uh, much less twice a week. So what we are doing for the next five weeks as of right now is we are recording Star Wars with Aaron and Polly. So every week um, we t- discuss the newest episode of Star Wars Ahsoka, but we also talk about our favorite Star Wars video games, our favorite Star Wars toys, and probably some comic book talk in there as well. So you're still going to get some great conversation with us. We're still going to talk about the things, the things you know and love, um, but we're going to be focused on Star Wars at least until the end of Star Wars Ahsoka. And it helps that the comics that have been coming out for the last couple of weeks have been crap. So, uh, <laughs> you know, the, 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 between uh, the summer lull and a five week and uh, other other, uh, you know, poor releases, it's I mean, it has been kind of a blight on the comic book shelves the last couple of weeks. So you're, you're really not missing much in terms of new releases. But we will get caught up when uh, Ahsoka uh, completes, but we wanted to let you know what was going on, and we will continue to drop Ahsoka, uh, our co- Ahsoka conversations into the Funny Books feed, so you will have that there, or you could just go over to Star Wars with Aaron and Polly and uh, subscribe to that podcast feed as well, because we will continue talking about Star Wars long after Ahsoka completes. A long, long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, thanks a bunch. A long time ago, on a podcast far, far away. Star Wars with Aaron and Polly, Episode 4, Fallen Jedi. More precious than kyber crystals is that most dear rarity, trust. Ahsoka Tano takes on her new role as mentor to Sabine Wren, a Mandalorian artist and warrior. But Ahsoka, haunted by her past, doubts her apprentice's commitment. Can Sabine truly be trusted to put mission above all else? Or will she become a pawn in a greater, darker game, enabling the resurgence of Empire? And this is Paul. This is Wayne. And I am Andrew. Welcome back to another very exciting episode of Star Wars with Aaron and Polly. I don't know that we should commit to exciting. I think we should say welcome to another episode. It's exciting. I've had three cups of coffee already. I'm jazzed for this. Oh, I am also excited. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) How much bourbon's in that coffee, Aaron? Actually, none today. I got to go out after the podcast today and be functional. So uh, only uppers, no downers. That's That's right. Full of energy. That is exactly right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fun and exciting. Well, Well, um, Paul. Yes, sir. I am referring to the show's outline, and it appears that there is some Star Wars news that you would like to share. New news. Yes. 
So um, this week, we're going to talk about Ahsoka Episode 4, Fallen Jedi, obviously, uh, later on in this show. But it was announced that next week, or whatever, for Episode 5, because it depends on when you're listening to this, that um, Ahsoka Episode 5 will be released in select theaters. Yeah, I saw that. season fan celebration. Sadly, the closest one to me is in Washington, D.C. Uh-huh. Um, and it's uh, they will be... Releasing the episode at 5 p.m. Pacific, so 8 p.m. Eastern. So I guess right before it drops on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, in 10 cities across the United States, uh, Los Angeles, New York, Seattle, Boston, Orlando, Washington, D.C., um, and some international cities, they're going to be showing episode five. So I think uh, I think big things are planned for episode five. I don't think they would just drop any episode well, in I think, theaters. I think the end of episode four kind of suggests, you know some big things for episode five. Yeah. 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 So we'll talk more about that in a moment, but you know, I saw that and I was like, man, I'd really like to see episodes one and two on the, on the, on the movie screen. Mm -hmm. I wish they had done that. Yeah. Honestly, do a marathon, right? Just put all four uh, episodes, (laughs) all five episodes back to back. Well, you know, John Favreau had directed the second season premiere of the Mandalorian because they had intended on releasing that in theaters. Um, But because of COVID didn't happen. Right. So I'm, I'm surprised they don't do more of that stuff. I mean, I I get that there's a financial cost involved with it. Mm-hmm. But if you do some type of Fathom event or something, you know, nothing too crazy as far as you just kind of use social media for advertising yeah. and don't spend 20 million on advertising. Right. I feel like the juice is worth the squeeze on some of that stuff because I would actually attend this Ahsoka thing if it was local. Yeah, I'm well, not going to drive three hours. Star Wars on the same night, but if you if you give them enough notice, Star Wars fans will turn out. Yeah, you know, I I, I think that, I, and, and you know, you don't do it, you don't do it in you know 500 screens, but you know, you do it on you know screens in your big cities across the country, and you promote it for 10 days or so on social media. Folks will show up. Yeah, and I, that's my, I won't, right? I mean, they've been burned. Other people deep. will. Yeah, well, it's just because in St. Louis, I, I would show up if it was somewhere close to me, but but right. it's nowhere nearby. Yeah, I don't like the theater experience, so I would much rather watch anything at home streaming. I go to theaters because otherwise things will be spoiled if I don't. Mm. You know, we, Paul, we could fly down to Sao Paulo. I've always we, wanted we to go. Could. I mean, that feels like probably the right move to do for a show that's going to premiere <laughs> the same night on television. I mean, but, uh... <laughs> I mean, if you put it that way, it sounds silly, but... Uh... <laughs> I was just putting together a nice guys trip. That's all I was trying to do. So all I was trying to do is just a guys trip to Sao Paulo. Uh, yeah. See some Ahsoka. I pissed in your cornflakes. Sorry about that. that. That's, that's, that's I, I, I'm there with you, Andrew. <laughs> okay, so I got one person down for Sao Paulo. I will bring well, I the sunblock. I wasn't going. <laughs> I just said it was a bad idea. When has that stopped me? <laughs> Let's see what flights would cost us. Hold on. <laughs> Andrew and I, sunbathing nude on the beach. That's what we're going to do. God. I've had dreams. Again. I've had dreams. <laughs> I've had dreams. I've had dreams that start that way. <laughs> Nightmares are a kind of dream. <laughs> uh $1200 round trip we can swing that oh yeah we totally that's totally doable we can take that out of the uh the the the, the, the podcast the, fund the, podcast the funny fund. books fund yeah, yeah. funny books yeah. fund yeah. petty cash yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, 
you know, last time we talked about uh, favorite Star Wars toy, and Andrew, we didn't get to hear what your favorite Star Wars toy was because you 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 were you know on the ice planet Hoth checking things out for us. So it was uh, it was nice there, but no, uh, it would definitely be the Death Star. I think I might have mentioned uh, that in our first episode, yeah. but the uh, the the uh, Death Star playset with the little uh-huh. foam bricks for uh, the the trash compactor area. Mm-hmm. I, I man, I just spent hours playing with that toy as a child. I I never owned the millennium falcon one of my neighbors uh owned the millennium falcon i guess if i owned that it, it might take the prize because sure. it had uh you know, like the little smuggler compartments and it was just very cool too the little guns that rotate on the top and bottom mm-hmm. um but no for me myself that i owned and played with it would definitely be the death star playset. that was mine as well love that thing nice love that thing yeah. all right well this week's question guys is uh you know there, there Star Wars has a long and storied past of uh, having you know various uh and and wonderful you know uh you know uh, console games and arcade games and what have you so what is your favorite Star Wars video game Paul you know in uh, in doing research for this question there are over a hundred Star Wars video games yeah lots That's of a lot wrong. there's some junk in there but admittedly there is a lot of good Star Wars games uh, or are a lot of good Star Wars games. And, you know, I grew up, you know, in the in the 80s and 90s, which really is where the cream of the crop of Star Wars games came from, in my mind, you know, because mm-hmm. that's when PC gaming really started to take hold. Um, LucasArts really kind of ramped up their production on games like X-Wing and TIE Fighter and, and, the, and some of the games that we'll probably talk about today. Um, you know, it was just kind of a, a golden era, a golden age of Star Wars gaming. And, you know, th- there was just so much material. I mean, it, we still get Star Wars games. Obviously, we get um, Electronic Arts has the current license. We get some of those Jedi Outcast, I think, is the name of the the, the current series of games. That's, that's pretty solid. We got some um, Battlefront games that were pretty good. But, you know, looking at Star Wars games in the past... And I, I, I've played a lot, and I, I love so many of them. It was it was a tough choice, right? Because I think I've spent hours on Episode One Racer. Um, yeah, m- probably more more time on that than any other. But if I were to pick one game, or be forced to pick one game, like I have a blaster to my head, like I do right now, <laughs> um, I would actually probably go with Star Wars Jedi Knight Dark Forces Two. Um, you know, the Dark Forces trilogy, which is the first person shooter. Um, trilogy feature, featuring Kyle Katarn. Um, you know, it was it started off as kind of this Doom ripoff in the Star Wars universe. Um, and you know, the first series, the first game was really just about this kind of like smuggler who the uh, the rebels hired to get the Death Star plans for the first Death Star. Now they've currently undone that with the story in Rogue One, but before Rogue One came out, it was Kyle Katarn. Um, and it was in Jedi Knight, which was Dark Forces 2, that Kyle Katarn discovered he was Force-sensitive and started going the path down the path of the Jedi. And it was also a time in PC gaming in the second half of the 90s where Wing Commander 3 had come out. Oh, and such a good game. Such yeah, a good and people game. had discovered, wait, we don't have to do just still image cutscenes. We can film actors on a green screen and make those our cutscenes. And so this was one of the first Star Wars games that featured that live action cutscene stuff. And for me, it was like, whoa, 
we we have live action Star Wars again. And you know, this is before Episode One. Um, you know, oh. but after Return of the Jedi. Paul, correct me if I'm wrong. That game series was also one where, as he discovers his powers, there were light and dark powers. Yes, you could unlock light and dark powers throughout the uh, throughout your journey. Yeah, and it was trying to walk the line of not become not falling to the dark side. Mm-hmm. And you could choose either, and it had two different endings depending on which with which path you chose. Um, and now it wasn't that elaborate. It was basically based on what you chose in the final battle. Um, but just the introduction of those live action cutscenes, the fact that there were multiple endings, and you could you know supposedly choose whether you want it to be more light side or dark side and use those force powers in a way that had never been seen in a game before. Sure. We had, um, you know, Luke Skywalker games and and stuff like that, but they were mostly lightsabers and blasters, right? This was a game where you could force choke and force push and pull and and jump and uh, speed yourself up. And yeah, it's a good choice. It had a great story. And so that, that, that is, you know, I, I, I loved also the sequel Jedi outcast. Um, but Jedi Knight, the, the the first Jedi Knight, or the second Dark Forces, is really the uh, for me the pinnacle. Well, and well, it's funny you mentioned Wing Commander three because do you remember who who starred in that? What actor? Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill. Yeah. Yep. God, such a good game. Yeah. No, that's a great pick. I uh, that I do enjoy the Dark Forces series. I don't think I ever played the third one, but the the first two I did, and and they were both both great uh, i was actually thinking about dark forces as one of my picks you know it was probably the first star wars game i played at home uh video gaming you know before that there was that old console game you'd find in arcades with the uh uh kind of geometric line art when you were in an x-wing making the run on um you're the, talking uh, about the 1983 uh atari arcade game yes uh, iconic yeah, yes, and that, uh, that, mm-hmm. with vector graphics, it's a Correct. rail shooter, and I mean that was that's my pick. <laughs> oh, go ahead, you go ahead and I, talk about talk about I, some more. I you, there were two, you could you could play the console or the the stand up, or they had a cockpit one, and I always loved being in the cockpit with the speakers around you, and mm-hmm. uh, it was you know it in today's terms, it's not a very uh, immersive sort of game, but back then. You know, it uses uh, clips, you know, audio clips from, uh, you know, Star Wars. From the movie, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it, I remember the first time walking by it and you, you hear, you know, Obi-Wan say, the Force will be with you always. <laughs> you know, and you're like, fuck yeah, I got to play this. You know, it starts off with the the uh, TIE Fighter dogfight with Darth Vader. Seems kind of strange that, you know, it seems like a boss move in the, uh, in the fir- first <laughs> phase of the game. Second phase is across the surface of the Death Star. And the third phase is the trench run. Mm-hmm. That game, I mean, that that game, I, I still remember sitting in that cockpit feeling like my hair is blowing back. I mean, it just was such a blast. Uh, and, you know, primitive by today's standards, but it was just wicked fun. Uh, back in those days. And I remember just, you know, putting in quarter after quarter after quarter uh, in the end of that game back in 1983. Yeah, we uh, I didn't have one at a local arcade, but there was Uh a place we went every summer down by this lake and they had like a game room area that had several uh, arcade games. And that was there. So every summer when we would go down there, uh, I would spend I don't know how many hours uh, just putting quarters in there to play that because it was 
It was phenomenal, and it had uh, it didn't have a traditional joystick. I, I played the stand up one, is what they had, but it had right. the uh, kind of two hand grips that were connected. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, God. And just you know, when you would go to fire some uh, proton torpedoes, it was like, <gasps> you're just oh god, my little well, heart sank. And and the the perspective is like you're sitting in the cockpit of the X-wing, and you can see the the tips of the X-foils mm-hmm. right, you know, out yep. in front of you. And I I was always kind of captivated about how they sort of floated, you know, and they mm-hmm. moved with how you moved, I, I as opposed to being static. You know, there, there was just there was a little bit of motion to them that made it super fun. I, I yeah, love that I, game. I mostly played that one on the Sega 32X at home. Mm-hmm. They they did a slight graphics update to it, but it was the exact same gameplay. I remember that one. That was the Sega 32X. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. that, that's how you know you're listening to a bunch of 40 year olds talking about video <laughs> games. Uh, well, how about you, Wayne? What what, what was your favorite? Yeah, so I I struggled a little bit with do I go with nostalgia and go with one of those like I that was my first Star Wars game was on 32X mm-hmm. or all of the Lego games that I got so into. But even though the game I chose doesn't have the longest story and it may not even be the best story, it was the most fun for me to play. And that was over the last couple of years there's a series on the uh, Oculus Quest called Vader Immortal. Ah. That is a full 3D game where you are completely and totally immersed into this world. You end up dealing with Darth Vader and he is scary as hell. You steal a lightsaber and end up realizing you're force sensitive. And one of the aspects of the game, besides the story mode, there is a Jedi trainer mode where you are just standing in a room with a lightsaber and all of these little trainer, you know, orbs pop up and start shooting blasters at you and you're moving to reflect them back and blow up, you know, blow them up with their own blaster fire. It is some of the most fun I have ever had in a star Wars game because it is so completely immersive and using everything that you can do with, you know, the VR technology really makes you feel like you're there in that moment. That sounds fantastic. I've never played, I don't own Oculus, I've never actually played a 3D game, but that sounds extremely cool. Yeah, it is a series of three games. It's Essentially, it's one game that they released as Episode 1, 2, and 3, but it's called Vader Immortal. Very cool. Uh, well, you know, for me, uh, it is an old, you know, I've not played a lot of recent Star Wars games, honestly, because I haven't really played a lot of recent games of any type. Um, so, you know, I, I've never played Battlefront. Uh, I did play a little Star Wars Legos a few years ago with my son, but uh, really the bulk of my, my gaming would have been in the 90s and 2000s. I got to say, one that consumed a lot of my time in the early aughts, I guess, as we call them, was uh, Star Wars Knight, uh, Knights of the Old Republic, 2003 release uh, from Bioware. Uh, it was a fantastic role playing based game. Uh, it takes place well before the conventional timeline. I think it was 2000 or some years before kind of the start of New Hope. Um, the underlying system was, uh, you know, the Dungeons and Dragons D20 system, which I was also uh, quite familiar with. And I, I just don't know how many hours I spent going around different locations, talking with different people and, and learning uh, kind of about this this proto history of uh, the Star Wars universe, which, of course, was undone when everything uh, when it got by 
bought by Disney and, and a lot of those old canon type stories went away. But man, I uh I just adored the game. It was immersive and fun and combat system was good and eventually you know give rise to uh, uh Star Wars the old republic for the uh, that uh, uh MMO but man it was it was a good game see now i just want to uh to wrap up this podcast so i can go downstairs <laughs> and, go. and play and, and and pop on my nintendo switch and play star wars episode 1 racer uh-huh. yeah mhm mhm i mean i i would go do that all right I well love- uh We'll we call it here, guys. Think about uh, video games. Uh, <laughs> 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 well, you know, we could end it right here, Paul, if that's what you no, want. No, no. Or we, we could talk it, about, it. you know, Ahsoka episode four. Oh, I mean, I feel like that's why we started this podcast to begin with. So. Let's talk about Fallen Jedi, episode four of Ahsoka. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of want to jump to the end, but I'm going to I'm going to not. I'm going <laughs> to jump to the last shot, but I'm sure. Uh, but I will say before we even get into the episode that the the end of Ahsoka episode four was ruined for me literally just by opening up social media mm. or YouTube. Uh, it, like it was it was on the front page of YouTube. It was really, um, you know, the morning after and I guess that's why they start releasing these things Tuesday night at yeah. nine o'clock. But, uh, you know, was, it's like Marvel <laughs> owns the property and gives interviews and things before the properties are actually. No, if it was yeah. Marvel, they would have spoiled it back in June <laughs> <laughs> for the episode releasing, you know, last week. But we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. So Ahsoka episode four, you know, Ahsoka and Sabine have crash landed on a planet and, you know, they are. Basically, you know, trying to get their Hu Yang is trying to get their ship up and running. Um, meanwhile, the baddies are somewhere else on the planet utilizing uh, like Balin Skull, who is uh, a mercenary, is working on unlocking the, the map to where Thrawn is, that is. Ray Stevenson's character. That is Ray Stevenson's character. Okay, thank you. Stevenson. Right. That's right. Yeah, that's what I, I that's what I said, Paul. Ray Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> that's for that's for you, Nick. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, um, just yeah. for for people who care about these things, they are stranded on the planet Cetos. Uh, meanwhile, Morgan Elspeth is up in space, and um, like I mentioned, Ray Stevenson's character Balin um, has well, sent. I think that's sorry. Lord Balin to you. Lord Balin has sent uh, Shin and Merrick. To handle Ahsoka, um, and well, who you know, in their crashed ship in the forest, and that's where we start. And, and so let me ask, because I, I I never can catch the name the uh, the uh, blonde apprentice to Lord Balin Shin Hati Shin Hati. Okay, Shin Hati. Yeah, her no, her last name is not Hati, is it? It's H A T I. H o t t i e, h a w t y. So call her Shin. Shin. That, yes. <laughs> and on the nose. Everyone, you know, all these fan sites had claimed that Merrick was going to be a big reveal because he was uh, disguised and had a mask on. Everyone's like, "Oh, it's Kane and Jarrus back from the dead," or nope. "Oh, it's you know, it, it's some other character." You know, it's um, it, you know, it, it just all these fan things, and then. 
No. The, now the no, reveal but, is that he's just dust inside. Yeah, the real is just that he's dead. <laughs> and have we yeah. seen no. have we seen that before? Is that I feel like was there something with the witches of Dathomir and creating yeah. like these? So I think uh, he was a I think he was a knight brother of Dathomir for him to kind right. of fade into dust like that. Did okay. I tell you that if I that watched? That was on my list to ask of you about Paul because uh, when he turned to dust, I'm like, is he a Buffy the Vampire Slayer vampire? Ooh, also possible. Did I tell you that I watched uh, Night Sisters? You did not. So after our podcast last week, I, I watched the third season episode. Yeah. Night Sisters of uh, Rebels. Mm-hmm. No, Rebels? Clone Wars. No, uh, Clone Wars. Yeah. Sorry. I, I get all that that uh, Star Wars stuff confused. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, <laughs> you know that Star Wars stuff. Uh, you know, I, I, I was entertained by it, but I don't feel like it told me enough about the uh, – the witches of, of Daphomir or whatever it's called. No, um, unfortunately you do have to continue down the path. That's just the start, but you have to yeah. continue down the path with the, um, with the Darth Maul stuff and his brother, whose name escapes me right now. Um, uh, Frank, Frank Maul, <laughs> Darth, Maul. Darth Frank, Frank. Maul. Uh, <laughs> no, his brother is, uh, it's something Savage Opress. You kind of have to continue down the path. To, I like my name better. He's Frank Mall. <laughs> Frank Mall. That's my brother uh, Frank. <laughs> to, get, to get more of that Night Sisters <laughs> mythology uh, and Night, Night Brothers, because Savage Press and Darth Maul were Night Brothers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, I watched it. It was good. I I I I feel like I needed to watch more. So, damn you, Paul. That's <laughs> how it works. Yeah, yeah. But you know, we we get to see you know uh, Sabine. You know. Uh, Working with Ahsoka about you know how we're gonna how we're gonna handle this, and Ahsoka has a moment where she's like, where she's asking Sabine, "Can I count on you?" And Sabine's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, you can count on me." No, no, I need to understand that if it comes down to it, and we have to destroy the map, that you're gonna be there. And you know, Sabine's like, "Oh yeah, but you know, it's the only way to find Ezra." Yeah, we might have to make a decision that we don't find Ezra foreshadowing a lot for later in the yeah. episode we kind of um, knew uh because you know sabine much in that that you know mentor role was like oh yeah no no it's it's fine i got this and then you're mm-hmm. like mm-hmm, yeah that's mm-hmm. that answer yeah. was given way too quick yeah yeah i kept hoping during the whole scene not that one but the scene where she makes that choice i'm watching it the whole time thinking you know why doesn't she just, now that he's right next to her, shoot him in the stomach? I Because yeah. he can only dodge the blast if he has distance and time. Right. No, I was thinking the same thing, that there were there was another choice to make uh, that that wasn't destroy the map, surrender the map. There was there was another choice there. Well, if you want to talk about slight inconsistencies in the show, during the entire duel between Ahsoka and Balin, I kept going... Well, let me put it this way. It first came to, you know, she shows up, they face off. She starts moving to her right, right? And he mm-hmm. kind of rotates to keep an eye on her as they, they face off. And I was like, oh, she's moving around, so she has a clear line of sight to the uh, map uh, sphere. Then she's going to use the force to grab it and then mm-hmm. you know, take off with it, right? Smart move. And then all throughout that battle, I keep going, she could grab it with the force there. Oh, she could grab with the force there. Oh, she uh-huh. could grab with the force there. She never grabs the sphere with the force. And yeah, I was like, She just grabs it with her hands. Yeah, that, and how did that work out for? Yeah, yeah, badly, yeah I, I think badly. we are showing that in these instances we are more intelligent than the writers that they had. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, and then you could have, you know, she should have at least tried. And if you didn't want that to work, you had Balin counter her, right? And it yeah. could have been a stalemate with their force powers, but she should have at least tried. Yeah. yeah. One thing I did really appreciate, though, was seeing Sabine fight as a Mandalorian first. Yeah. Because we haven't seen that in the show. She went straight to lightsaber last time, and we saw how that really worked for her against uh, these opponents. So I liked seeing her fighting first as a Mandalorian. Because she's been a Mandalorian a lot longer than she's been training for, right. you know, for a Jedi. So there was a, a brilliant scene though in that fight between Sabine and Shin, and it's when Sabine throws her hand out like she's going to force push Shin, <laughs> and Shin flinches and then realizes and says, "You have no power." I just, I thought that was a brilliant scene. I thought it was I thought it was executed so nicely. Well, and I wasn't here for it, but was it two episodes ago where Yu Lang was like, you are one of the weakest Jedi I've ever met in my hundreds of years. Yeah. You suck pretty hard. (laughs) But that's not a reason to give up. (laughs) (laughs) That's a reason to work harder. Yeah, I love that scene there because my wife was watching it with me and her immediate thought was, did she just try to force slap her? (laughs) But then we see, no, she's a Mandalorian. She's got weapons on her hand. That yeah. was awesome. Yeah. She's the little uh, rocket at the back. Yeah. She didn't see that coming. Shin did not. <laughs> so we we end the episode with uh, Lord Balin knocking Ahsoka off the edge of the cliff and uh, then turning and convincing Sabine to surrender the map to him. And, you know, he takes her into custody saying, of course, I'm going to take you to go see Ezra. When I believe him, he he it definitely seems like a man of his ward, right? He sees uh-huh. himself as an honorable person. So, yeah. uh, you know, he kept Shin from killing her once she was kind of disarmed um, from choking her out. So I think I think she'll be somewhat taken care of as far as Balin can can assure it. But mm-hmm. uh, but now we're we're divided. We have we have two galaxies. We have two groups. Uh, you know, we have the the uh, Elsbeth, the Witch of Dathomir, Balin, Shin, and uh, Ahsoka off in this new galaxy and then kind of left behind uh, uh i might have said that sabine is off the new galaxy and then ahsoka right. and, and hera and everybody else is still over in the original galaxy well, and i guess technically pretty... ahsoka is in the world between worlds oh yeah yeah oh that's right. a good point yeah, yeah. she is kind of in the world between for, worlds for the for, for the big reveal in this episode she she wakes up to find herself in the world between worlds with anakin Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's all out of Clone Wars because my wife was like, "Where, where is this?" I was like, "Well, there was this episode of Clone Wars." Yeah, <laughs> Rebels. Were the, Rebels. That one was in Rebels. The World Between Worlds was in. God, the, Andrew. Wasn't there? Wasn't there an episode? Isn't that where where Yoda went to learn about how to stay on oh, as a Force yeah. Ghost? Yeah, in Clone there, Wars? there was an episode of it in Clone Wars, but it was the the lost. I think. Season. Yeah, it was the lost season. Boom. Which is actually better than most of the regular seasons. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, so yeah, so the world between worlds, you know, I will say I have not watched this show with Jen because she has not seen Clone Wars or Rebels. Yeah. The more I watch Ahsoka, I'm like, I really feel like this is uh, not new reader friendly. I'm I'm enjoying the hell out of it, but I find that you know it, it is deeply rooted in an, at least an understand at least a, a cursory understanding of of Star Wars Rebels. Well, if uh, you don't know who Ezra is. I mean, I, I think that 
that I mean, you you I think you would go into the show going, OK, they've got a friend that they're looking for. But mm-hmm, yeah, right. I, I, I certainly think you are rewarded for having experienced those other shows. Yeah. But I think this world between worlds thing. Now, we'll see how it's uh, explained sure. in the next episode. But I was like, whoa, OK, that's a that's a deep cut that I didn't even quite grasp when I saw it in Clone Wars and Rebels. Um, you know, what is it? Because so they, go ahead, Paul. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, I watched a little YouTube video this morning where Dave Filoni was explaining. He's like, it's not time travel. It's, <laughs> it's basically, you know, a point where all worlds converge. So I'm like, OK, still not still not quite grasping the concept. Still we'll seems see a little time travel. Uh, yeah, still seems a little time travel. I mean, because it seems like the quantum states are make everything happen within the same moment. Every moment mm-hmm. is accessible. Right. Because, I mean, that's how that's how Ezra was able to rescue Ahsoka. Yeah. Right. I mean, so in a in a certain respect, it is time travel. Yeah. yeah. And not even yeah. like alternate reality time travel. Right. Right. Actual time travel. So, Paul, I have yes, to say thank you because that's unusual. First thing Wednesday morning, <laughs> you sent a note to the group going, hey, watch your social media. You know, if you haven't seen Ahsoka yet, you will be spoiled. Right. And, uh, you know, so I stayed off of social media because I wasn't going to have time to watch Ahsoka till Thursday. Um, and I, you know, I was not spoiled going into the episode. And while I was like, aha, here's how Anakin's coming into the show. Didn't we know that he was going to be in this? I feel like it I wasn't that. officially confirmed. I think everyone's kind of assumed because he's he's hanging around an awful lot. Yeah. I mean, I see, I seem to recall and him like voice being the trailer, on set. But yeah. 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 I think most people like myself thought it was going to be flashbacks. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I did. I certainly did. OK, because I, 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 I wasn't surprised. Like, oh, wow. Look, they got Hayden Christensen out of mothballs. You know, uh, I was just like, oh, OK, this is how they're going to use him. That was my surprise. Mm-hmm. Not that he was there, but just how he he appeared. So, you know, listening to some of the comments that you guys are making, it sounds like you guys uh, didn't love this episode. I know I uh, I actually enjoyed this episode uh, quite a bit. Uh, I I don't I did have that one little you know continuity not quite continuity that that kind of reasonableness issue that I feel like they overlooked or didn't address in the fight between Ahsoka and Balin. But overall I, I enjoyed it uh, and I, I'm you know excited to see Anakin uh, back on the screen and and I'm really excited that we're moving the story along to the the new universe. I'm very excited to see what that looks like. I like yeah. how qu- quickly the story is moving. I don't yeah. feel like we're wasting any time. And yep. you, know, you can't always say that about your uh, prestige television these days. Um, I, I, I'm digging that up quite a bit. I enjoyed the show. I don't think it was their strongest show, but uh, I, I enjoyed that things happened and that we're moving things along. Yeah, no, I love the episode. I just have those same comments about a lot of properties where characters conveniently forget their abilities and or skills in certain moments. And in reality, when you're in the middle of the fight, you might not think of the things that we are armchair quarterbacking their fights. Mm-hmm. But, but but this thing, this was at the very beginning of the fight. You know, it wasn't like uh, she had time to think and consider because there was a lot of time with the two of them just facing off. There was like right. 45 seconds of them facing off with each other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, basically, our only complaints so far have been nitpicking the fight. Okay. And yeah. I can nitpick any fight in any media that I love. Can I say that the way they've got Ray Stevenson's hair and beard in uh, in this show 
is just very reminiscent of Sean Connery's Marco Ramius in Hunt for Red October. <laughs> I can, I can see, see that. that. I will yeah. say I mean, Ray Stevenson is such a highlight. Uh-huh. He really is. He, is. he really he's is. So he he steals really, every scene he's in. Just really brings the level up, doesn't he? And mm-hmm. I just kept one ping only Vasily. I just needed him to say that. <laughs> one ping only. <laughs> well, he, he's that, you know, he's that honorable villain where, you know, he's not twirling as much as he's not cackling. He obviously has a plan that he thinks things are going to work out better in the long run, which is why right. he's doing this. Yeah. But, you know, he's he's a somewhat decent guy. He's not a maniac. He's not a sadist. Uh, right. He he seems like he's a, a generally, you know, maybe a, a person who's doing the wrong things for what they consider the right reason. Yep. I agree. I agree. A noble villain. A noble yeah. villain. That's well well yeah. said, Aaron. Well said. I, I, I will say, I love this episode. The only negative that I really have to say about it is that um, more so than any other episode, I felt the volume. Yes, I would in agree. In this episode. Yeah. I was like, absolutely. I feel like we are on a, a, a soundstage the entire time. At no point do I feel like we're actually outside. But, you know, I didn't have I didn't have a problem with it when they were up on the hinge, you know, mm-hmm. Um where, because I mean, yes, it did feel like they were on a set, but I felt like that was reasonable because of the the setting, right? You know, it felt like they were they were they're on a platform, yada yada. But you're right, when they were in the forest, I'm like, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. But, um, can, yeah. Can we just say that the uh, the fight with uh, the Jedi droid, what's his name? Yu Wen, Hu Yang, Yu Yang, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, the fight between he and the other guy, the I mean, I, I was a little concerned. I was a little concerned. I think he had his head Who bashed against the side of the high. ship. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he, he fought had... back, but he got his butt kicked. Yeah. So, yeah. I was, I was, I just loved when he came back up and looked back to that panel he'd been working on, and it was just, uh-huh. you know, sparking again. He's like, well, that's going to set me back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Ooh, it's a good show. No. I'm 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 looking forward I'm to next it. week. Yeah, next Me week too. I'm really excited for. Another random moment of it that I cheered about. Even though we have seen him in so many of these series, seeing the uh Paul Sun Hyung Lee's character, the uh oh, bit, yeah. the rebel yeah. fighter, Kim's seeing him show up again, I love Oh yeah, his Carson character. Tiva. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah, that connection. Blue. Yeah. Yeah, I just <laughs> loved having him be there and I we're basically being given this world of the rebellion one, and now they're becoming a republic that isn't getting anything done. But you have these people in it that are still good and want to help. And he is one of those characters that across Mandalorian and now into here, I just love his character. Yeah. Like and they say, it, once a rebel, always a rebel, right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Now, well, the only thing is. I'm wondering when we're going to see Zeb, but maybe maybe they're saving him for for the second half of the show. Maybe he'll maybe. be next episode. Was he the was he the alien dude? Yeah, yes, the big gorilla looking. Like, yeah. yeah, 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 from Rebels. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I still need and to watch Rebels. He was also in an episode of Mandalorian. Yeah, it was yeah, in the bar scene. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah. we have seen him in live action and know that he is still alive and around. And okay. in the scene with Carson. So I, I yep. I've, I've got to imagine he's popping up. Very yeah, I, I would be very surprised if, he, if we don't at least get a cameo with Zeb. Yeah, you know? yeah, I so. suspect they probably have held him off because he is going to be mostly CGI character. Yeah. And so to save budget, they're going to bring him in as one of the later episodes. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they already have a lot of budget they have to do with lightsaber fights. And, well, mm-hmm. and, and I would also say that they're already telling a whole lot of story with some really interesting characters. Um, I'm I'm enjoy, I'm enjoying all the different character pieces we're getting here. Uh, I love, you know, to your point earlier, Andrew, I love that the villains actually have a point other than just, you know, screwing stuff up and ruling the galaxy. Right. You know, it's it, you can understand their motivations and they're, you know, some are more likable than others. <laughs> but I, I, I feel like the stakes are really high. And, uh, you know, you, you can legitimately question, are our heroes up for this? You yeah, know, because the villains really seem to have their shit together and I mean, uh, the heroes not so much. You know, when 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 I see Moff Gideon on the screen, he's a villain, but I don't look him and go like, oh, well, he's, you know, a galaxy threatening level threat. But uh-huh. you put like Hellsbeth and Balin and Shin together and you're like, I don't know, this, this doesn't look those are three yeah. highly competent villains in their own ways uh, that are just intimidating to look at. Even Hellsbeth, yeah, well, she's not an, an impressive, physically impressive person, but she's got the demeanor and those crazy eyes. Yeah, uh, the crazy eyes, man. They're the worst. Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, and take that to the next level. I completely expect next episode. The reason it's going to be in theaters is we're going to have Thrawn. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Cause they're going to be in the new galaxy. Absolutely. Yep. I think we'll see yep. Thrawn for the first time. Uh, well, just to follow up real quick, for those who are curious, who are intrigued, uh, Steam has Knights of the Old Republic for $9.99 deal, and you can even buy the entire or what appears to be the entire LucasArts uh, game collection uh, for $217. Damn. That so, is money well spent, people. I'm, I'm going to put that on the IOM card. So. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll use the money for that instead of going to Sao Paulo, maybe. There you go. There you go. <laughs> And before we wrap up some breaking news, breaking news, guys, um, because as we discuss, we're discussing, we're talking on Saturday morning. And um, as we're chatting, Disney D23, um, there's like Destination D23. It's kind of a small Disney convention is going on in Orlando. And they've made some Star Wars related announcements. Um, one did you, is did you, that. Did you, did you call D23 a small convention? <laughs> no, well, this is the, this is the small version. Oh, okay. Of, uh, of 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 because d23 the the main one is in california and is huge okay um but no d23 in in florida is is a little bit i should say a little bit smaller um but they announced that um you know they they, their main rides well one of their main rides star tours which has been around for for a long time right since the 80s uh they keep updating it with new star wars um scenes uh, so whenever it's one of those motion simulator rides that you just kind of like fly through different planets Mm -hmm. um you know, starting next year, it will feature some planets and scenes from the Ahsoka TV mm. show. Um, in addition to that, they uh, Harrison Dula is now a character that you can meet and greet at uh, at Star Wars parks oh, or at, cool. you know, Star Wars Land in, in Disney parks. So they're definitely investing in in these characters. Nice. Well, it's it's been a great show. I'm glad they're they're putting some of that out into the the park. Yeah, me too. Well, hey, we want to know what you thought about Ahsoka Episode 4, Fallen Jedi. Uh, let us know what is your favorite Star Wars video game. Give us a shout at Star Wars at IOMGeek.com. And if we use your comment on the show, you could win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. 
You can also hit us up on social media, IOM Geek on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. What a deal. Well, hey, guys, I'm looking forward to uh, watching episode five and then chatting with you guys about it right here next week. Woo! Woo. See you then. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.